Hey, this is David Perkins, pastor of Radiant Church. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. I hope and I pray that the content helps you grow as a follower of Jesus. We'd love to see you at one of our services on Sundays or maybe at our Bold Conference this summer. Remember this, those who look to Him are radiant. If you've got your Bibles, uh, we'll go to Luke uh, chapter 17. This is our fourth week in this given series. And so we're talking about giving of our time, talent, and treasure. And so we talked about uh, giving uh, generously and we talked about our treasure and we talked about our time. And today, as it's Thanksgiving week, I want us to focus in on uh, gratitude and and being grateful to God, um, which you can imagine is is perfect for Thanksgiving Sunday. And so uh, that's where we're gonna go today. Luke chapter 17, I'm gonna read the text and we're gonna pray and then we'll dive in. All right, Luke 17, it says this. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Verse 17, Jesus asked, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. And so today the title of the message is Never a Nine. And so sorry for you Enneagram Nines. Uh, (laughs) But even the Enneagram Nine, you're the people that don't like conflict. So I'm sure you're fine. Um, We're gonna talk about not being a nine. We wanna be the one that returned, all right? So let's pray. Jesus, we love you today. And, And Lord, we ask, Lord, that on this... Thanksgiving at Radiant on this Thanksgiving Sunday as we go into this week celebrating uh, gratitude and thanksgiving in you. We ask that Thanksgiving would truly be on our hearts. God, we even ask that today you would do a special work inside of us, a supernatural work. Uh, we thank you for what you're gonna do. Cause the scriptures to come alive in us. Let them, let them be in us. Let us live this out. Let this be more than just something that we know, but something that we live. We honor you and we love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Uh, When my son Dawson was three years old, uh, I was invited to speak at a conference in Orlando, Florida, and uh, I decided to take him with me because when you got an invitation to Orlando and you got a three-year-old son, you got a great idea called Disney World. And so decided to go back on Monday night, fly back on Monday night and spend some of the day at Disney World. And so uh, we landed in Orlando. Of course, I talked to him for months about this great trip. He's only three years old, little tiny guy. And and uh, as we're in the airport, we've got a little time to kill before our ride comes to pick us up. And so I take him into the Disney store in the Orlando airport as we kill time waiting for our ride. So we buy a little Winnie the Pooh for his siblings. We buy another little Mickey Mouse for his siblings. We're just kind of killing some time, hanging out there. We make the purchases, put them in the bag. Little three-year-old boys carrying this Disney bag in the Orlando airport as we go to our ride as the church is coming to pick us up, to take both of us. And he looks up at me and he, with big brown eyes, three years old, and just the most thankful eyes you can fathom, he said, Dad, Dad. 
thank you so much. I loved Disney World. <laughs> Disney World was amazing. Then he said this, kid you not, this was the best day of my life. <laughs> yeah, I did what you did. Just, oh, oh, what you want? You want a little Donald Duck? You want a little, I mean, well, we, well I'm gonna give more, right? Just love the heart of a kid that was thankful. I said, son, you ain't seen nothing yet. B -b -b Baby, you ain't seen nothing yet. Wait till we get to Disney World, right? And, and uh, I'm reading this story about Jesus. He looks at this one. So you've got 10 lepers and they cry out, Jesus, have mercy on us. So nine that were Jewish and one Samaritan, all lepers. And of course, it's a great story where Jesus heals. It's a great story where Jesus does a supernatural physical miracle for these 10. Yet Luke gives us this window into the one. So there's nine that it says, as they're going, as they're leaving, as they're walking away, they're healed. So it's a process. Wasn't instant, it's a process. And as they're walking, they realize that they're healed. And the great part of the story is the story of the one man who instead of continuing to walk away, turns and goes back and makes it a priority to thank Jesus. Makes it a priority to come back and here in the text, fall at his feet and thank him. And of course, Jesus then looks up and says, where are the other nine? And the implication is, shouldn't all 10 be grateful? And yet one-tenth, one comes back and goes, now I'm gonna, I'm gonna live with gratitude. And what I love in this story is to see Jesus delight in the heart of the one who thanked. So thanksgiving in the heart of the one. And it's interesting because then the idea here is when Jesus tells him, to go and be well here. It's this word sozo. And the idea right there is salvation. So all the commentators will say, here he was healed and the other nine left and they were physically healed. But here Jesus gives this salvation, this second blessing, this gift to the one who came back, who is grateful. And I wanna say that because when you look at the heart of God, God delights in your gratitude. And so a lot of reasons to talk about gratitude. We can read a lot of books, even psychology books about how you can have a better life if you're grateful. But before we get to anything that's about you, I want you to see that it's about God. And when you as a child or you as a redeemed person, when you begin to thank God, it brings delight to the heart of God. And we can read the stories in Numbers, Exodus, where God has such disappointment when his people grumble. Joshua and Caleb don't grumble. They get to go into the promised land. The people that do grumble, they don't go. Why? Because he cares. Because there's something about when you delight in God, you thank him and you choose, I'm not gonna speak negatively. Instead, I'm gonna live with a heart of gratitude. And you've got a father, just like you as a parent know what it's like to have that kid, they're grateful and you wanna give them anything. They complain and you're like, boy, you, I'm taking Winnie the Pooh back. I mean, like, right? Like, and you, I mean, I don't think I'm the only one. Like, you're on vacation and they're complaining and they're, I mean, you, you, as, you start to pull away. Like, what is wrong with you, right? 
Why? Because their eyes are on themselves. They can't recognize all that they've been given. I wanna encourage you, one of the best ways that you can draw near to the heart of the Father is enter into his presence with thanksgiving and it'll pull your Father's heart towards you. It will, that's, it, it's actually, we're actually commanded to give thanks. And so in your journey with God this week, if you can begin to imagine far beyond the meal, which the meal is amazing, far beyond gathering together with friends, which that's amazing. But first, I'm going to enter into this week as a person full of gratitude to God. Why? Because he's creator God. He's my father. He delights in it. We see it in the Old Testament stories. We see it here in this story about Jesus and the one leper that returned and gave thanks. And you have an opportunity every day, but we highlight it during this week and this season to enter in with thanksgiving and say, God first, my eyes are on him. I want him to see, know, experience my gratitude. Of course, it's always tempting for us to vent, say, I just wanna be real. I don't wanna live in some kind of false piety. And so where we're gonna go today is to try to recognize how we can actually not call gratitude naivety, not call gratitude something for some hyper-spiritual person that doesn't, isn't in touch with reality, but how we can so see God, his gifts, and what he's given us that one of the best ways that we can enter into true reality is by coming in and saying, thank you. These are gifts. You have given me things I do not deserve. This is not about me. You're the giver of all life. And God, I'm gonna come into your presence with thanksgiving. So we do it because of who he is. And here's another piece though. When it, when it comes to gratitude, gratitude increases your joy. So the temptation is to think, if I'll choose to be joyful, I'll, I'll become grateful. If I'll be joyful first, but it's not so. Actually, gratitude is the, is the on-ramp into joy. And we've always got gratitude and joy in the scriptures. They, they go together. Look at this. Paul says this in Philippians 1. I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy, right? Here's the idea. Gratitude first. And on the other side of gratitude, on the other side of thanking God, actually having gratitude be a part of your life, you'll be surprised the way that joy starts to follow. So it doesn't necessarily matter the circumstance. It matters the attitude. It matters the way that you're seeing it. And if you enter into, with, into to God, I'm grateful for what you've given me. I'm grateful. You'll be surprised how it won't be long before joy's on the other end. So if you're not really grateful, then you'll look at people <laughs> who are joyful with not much that's good, and you'll say, they're fake, they're naive, they're not realistic. But if you honestly possess gratitude towards God, and you honestly look at what he's given, and you have an attitude of gratitude, you're truly grateful, you'll watch joy rise up inside of you. Uh, when Dawson was 10, I know a lot of stories about Dawson today, sorry, it's just how I roll. Uh, but we, we went to Africa, we went to Zimbabwe, and um, we went taking the gospel home to home with Every Home for Christ. You guys know Dick Eastman, he was here last year and spoke, and so uh, the ministry that he leads and so we were uh, a buddy, a couple buddies of mine. All, we all had ten-year-old sons, and so we all went on this trip, all of us with our ten-year-old boys, and we're out in the middle of Zimbabwe, uh, just going and sharing the gospel, house to house, hut to hut, and 
we're so far in the middle of Zimbabwe that when I would tell them about that we were missionaries and that we had come to tell them about Jesus, that we came from the United States of America, I literally had multiple times where they would respond and saying, where? Like they were so out in the middle of nowhere, they didn't even know, I, I, it, even the United States of America, they didn't know what I was talking about. I mean, we were in the middle of nowhere and, and we saw such poverty. And I'll never forget uh, Dawson uh, having a, another young boy come and with, smile on his face and excitement, want to show my son his soccer ball that was made out of trash bags. And so they're playing soccer with a ball made out of trash bags. He had formed it, essentially trash. And it was their toy in that village. And my son, who was 10, said to me, Dad, I got a friend in Colorado who is mad and sad because he has an Xbox 360 instead of an Xbox One. And that kid is more happy with his soccer ball than my buddy in Colorado with the Xbox. And here's my point, it's the attitude. It's what's going on inside of here. And so many of us will say, you know what? I'll be happy when circumstances right. I'll be happy when I get these things right, when I can get all of the circumstances. I wanna get money right, I gotta get my job right, gotta get family right, gotta get, gotta get everything right, then, then I'll have joy. No, no, no. Start with recognizing God's activity, what God has given, and you'll watch that, that mentality shift. It, it, you, it'll lead you into joy. Third idea is this. Gratitude is actually a choice. Like it's a decision, it's a choice. And Paul talks this way. When, when Paul talks about gratitude, it does not feel like it's always attitude. It feels like it is a discipline. It feels like it's a choice. Listen to 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. Rejoice always, feels like commands here. Pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It's, it's not that I just always feel grateful. It's a choice. It's this decision. In a sense, it's this command. And Paul looks and says, choose this. These are disciplines. These are not necessarily something that you always feel. This is a choice. And we gotta make that, that I choose this. This is about, this is spiritual maturity. So we'll honor and look up to someone with great uh, discipline in physical fitness. We'll honor and look up to someone with great discipline in the area of uh, discipline of money uh, or in their diet or lots of different ways that we can see someone who with, with great discipline, their time, money, uh, time management, all those things. I want you to see this as here's what lasts for eternity. Here's what lasts forever. These things that are eternal and here this idea of gratitude. It's, it's Paul talking about this. It's a command. It, you could feel in it. It's choose this. This is spiritual discipline. This, is, this, this personifies the Christian attitude that is mature. I'm going to make this choice. So David, are you saying that I'm always, I always feel it? No, I'm saying that you have, it's not that you have, it's not that you've like disconnected from reality and live in this Pollyanna world where you're faking it and pretending to be grateful. It's more like you've connected with a greater reality where you're going, I'm grateful for what God has given. I'm grateful for, and you can just look at your life and this is what you've given, and I'm thankful. We all know that the comparison thing will kill you, 
But I'm telling you what you focus on. If you focus on the wrong thing, it will rob your joy. But if you will focus in on God, I'm gonna enter into your presence with thanksgiving. I'm gonna, I'm gonna choose gratitude, giving thanks in all circumstances. Then those circumstances actually become the opportunity to demonstrate gratitude when things are hard. So if you're circumstantial based, then as soon as things get hard, you're gonna punt and be like, God, where are you? I'm so mad. But if you see I'm choosing to be a mature believer, and I've got this command to be grateful, then this difficult circumstance becomes my opportunity to thank God as you go through the challenge. To live in this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna thank God. Thank you for this opportunity to see you in the midst of this instead of actually becoming angry. And the greatest enemy to a life of gratitude is a life of entitlement. I deserve more. I deserve better. Why? Because I'm me. <laughs> I, me I, and, and right through the scriptures, it's the lie of the enemy. Comes after you. I'm lacking. I got not enough. And I want to say not only do we see it spiritually, but I think that entitlement that you deserve is right in the center of the way that our economy makes a dollar off you. So it's double whammy for us. It's easy for other people to try to create a narrative in your life. If you just have this shirt, if you just have this car, if you just have these shoes, if you just have this food, if you just have this house, if you, and so there's constant in your face. I mean, thousands. I mean, I researched it. I mean, different people say different amounts, but upwards of three, four, 5,000 different potential times a day. I mean, taking billboards down to every web ad where it's buy this, buy this, buy this. And the, it's, it's all predicated on this idea of not, you don't have enough it's, and, and you're entitled. Yeah, I'm entitled. I, I should have a better this. I should have better that. I should. And before long, that, that grumbling can get in us, that discontent, that grudge. And so I wanna invite you to, just to flip it and go, this is, this is not about me. I don't want my eyes on me and my lack. I want my eyes on God and his abundance. When my eyes are on God and his abundance, enter into his presence with thanksgiving. It flips the way that I see my life. And I just wanna speak as a testimony. In my life, I don't have, my temptation is not to be like grateful person or ungrateful person. It's not like two categories. For me, it's like seven different categories. And it's like the enemy is looking for a place. Where? What part? So you'll ease, it's easy for you to say, oh, I'm a grateful person. I don't know. But the enemy's looking for where? Where can, I, where can I lie to them? Where can I get them to grumble? Where can I can get them to say, I deserve better? So and I'm honestly in my journey, like there's some areas that I don't really struggle with this. Like, for example, I, I got to tell you, like, my wife Renata is like kind of a saint. Uh, I mean, like I, I just, like last week I said, how was church? And she said, awesome. And I said, what was your highlight? And she goes, my highlight was picking up Asher, he's one years old, in the nursery because he smiled at me and reached for me today. And I thought, really? Like, that's your highlight? Like, what? Like, like Renata, just, just in my life, she's just like, I, I, that, that's an area where I always be like, I, I don't deserve, I don't deserve Renata. Like, that, that's a win for me. Hasn't been a big area of struggle. But I'll tell you one area that has been. 
It's been easy for me to feel like I deserve at different times in ministry. Like I just, I, I deserve that position. I, I remember 2004 for me, just vulnerable. This is a place where the enemy gets, gets that. I, I gotta choose God over a grudge, but it's tempting to get a grudge when things don't go your way, when you don't get what you want. I deserve better. Our church was expanding in 04 in Colorado Springs and there was a downtown campus and I applied to be the campus pastor of the downtown campus. And I told Renata, babe, I got this. Mm, I got this so bad. It got down to just two of us that were left. And then when it was down to two of us, I was like, oh yeah, I am in. This guy can't touch me. I got a better theological education than this guy. I got a better resume than this guy. I'm more humble than this guy. You know, like, <laughs> I was like, so confident. And then it went to the other guy and I was like, devastated, like, like awkwardly, like not able to just give thanks to God. It's like, I couldn't see all the blessings. It's like, somehow I allowed that to just get, oh, just get in me and get mad on a matter of God, mad at people. And it's like, what, what, and, and robbed me. Here's my point. I want you to do inventory on your own life. What, where is it easy for you to go, I deserve an enemy go, yeah, let me, let me rob you of some joy. Let me get you to not live with Thanksgiving. That entitlement thing will destroy you. That entitlement thing, it'll destroy me. And so we gotta come back, all right? Jesus, I'm grateful. Here's, I'm gonna give you three practical things, real simple. Three practical things on how do we start to step into a life of gratitude? Number one is this, just remember Jesus. So day-to-day, living out your week, even Thanksgiving day, but each day, it starts with just remember him. Like be the person that, whether it's something on your car, a a note card, on your phone, where you, you, I love the way that Paul actually says to Timothy, in 2 Timothy, he actually says, remember Jesus Christ. Like remember him, 2 Timothy 2a. It's just remember. And I just wanna encourage you, the place of gratitude will start if you'll just Remember what Jesus has done for you. Romans 5 eight, but God demonstrates his own love for us while we were still sinners. You think you're super awesome? No, no, no. <laughs> while you are still messed up living in your sin, Christ died for you. You just start to think about eternity and what Jesus has done for you. It'll change your perspective on the job advancement you didn't get, the person you deserve you deserve better than whatever is your situation. It just starts with actually having this cognitive reality. I'm going to remember Jesus and it'll start your heart to where I'm, I'm beginning with just, I'm so grateful for the cross. Like for me, I love a little delirious. I'm a child of the 90s, child of the 80s, teenager of the 90s. So uh, thank you for saving me. Anybody with me on that? <laughs> little, little Martin Smith, where can I go? You gave your love. I don't know, it's England, right? So I had a little English singing that to God in my Mustang when I was in college, but I was from Oklahoma, so it was kind of a mix of like Southern Hick meets, you know, like England. So I was like, thank you, false high. Thank my. I mean, it was just, look. Here's what I want you to get. You don't have to sing my song, but you sing your song. You don't even have to use these verses, but you use your verses where it's this, ah, God, I, uh, and you get that, it is, you cannot live a life of entitlement and gratitude at the same time. But if you, if you live with this gratitude, 
it'll push out these other things and you'll start to just, ah, oh, thank you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for the cross. I'm forever grateful. Second thing is this. Just begin to thank God in prayer for the things he's given you, like the gifts. Uh, the best author on this that I know of is Ann Voskamp, and she wrote a book called A Thousand Gifts. And let me just read this. Uh, Psalm 69, 30 says, I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. I just love that language. And I'll magnify him with thanksgiving. Here's the idea. You're going to magnify something. Thoughts, affections, words, they're going to go somewhere. And they can either be towards your pain and your problems, or they can go towards magnifying God. And so here the psalmist says, magnify God with thanksgiving. When you come before God and just, I give thanks. Yes, you could probably create a thousand pains to talk about, but talk about a thousand gifts. God, this is a gift. This relationship, this even in the pain, this is an opportunity. Gratitude does not ignore our pain, but it recognizes God at work in the midst of the pain. All right, here's my opportunity, God, to give you thanks. So in the situation that I told you about in 2004, a better response is, God, my plan didn't go the way that I thought. I'm gonna give you thanks that you're at work even though I can't see it. I thought that me getting that campus was, that was the plan. That was, that was what be what I want. That would be what I thought you wanted. But you know what? You are omniscient. And I barely passed the ACT. I trust you, God. That's, that's a joke. I did better. But anyway, you get it? You with me? And so, God, you're at work. And when you do that, when you begin to just, all right, I'm gonna be grateful. And, and in that little story in Numbers 14, I mean, you just see it. You can, you, can see, you can see grumblers that are like looking at the pain and the problem. And then you got Joshua and Caleb and they're looking to God. We make a choice. And it's, it's often out of discipline and maturity where you just make the spiritual choice. I'm gonna choose to be grateful. I'm gonna choose gratitude and I'd encourage you even, if you can, to even write down, just, I'm not, maybe you could start with once a week, just begin to just, just begin to write down, thanking God. I've told you this before, but when I was in the second grade, that was a part of what my parents trained me in, and in my prayer journal was to write out thanksgiving to God. Here's what that does. It forces me to look at God instead of always looking at pain. Thank you. And this opportunity that feels so, I give thanks in all circumstances. And that guy's mean to me, and I thank you. And I didn't get that promotion, and thank you. And no girl's ever wants to go out with me when I'm 16 with braces and a mullet. And thank God you're teaching me something. You know, like, just Rolodex, what's going on in my life? You know, like, thank you, thank you. You're, you're at work. And here's what I want to invite you to do. Just begin to, all right, I remember Jesus. Your song, your note card, your phone, your reminder, your alert. And then, Start to, what are your thousand gifts? I'm gonna magnify God with my thanksgiving. I'm gonna look at God at work. I'm gonna look at the good gifts that he's given me. And then lastly, if, if you add thanksgiving to other people, like verbally begin a culture of thanksgiving in your life, 
your family, your marriage, your workplace, you would be surprised how you'll start to experience greater joy. And grateful people are magnetic people. When you're around someone who's thankful, when you're around, and honestly, it demonstrates the Christian life to others around you. When you're able to, when you're able to, not just in the workplace, not just in family, but in both of those, but I'm gonna say, even in a consumer-driven society, which, hey, I'm grateful for an economy where we produce goods and services and we have financial abundance. I'm grateful. Don't hear me saying anything. I'm, I'm grateful for our economy, but here's what I want you to get. Sometimes it's easy in that economy to start to think, I am entitled, that's my credit card. So make me my $5 coffee. And you got this little, uh, or I'm, I'm, the food, the clothes, the car, you name it. But if you actually, in an intentional spiritual reasoning, you want to be grateful to God, truly, and then personify gratitude for every little person that even provides goods and services for you, where you're just thankful. And you're not, you're not the American consumer first, you're a Christ follower first. So I'd like, I'd like extra queso. Go get it for me, because mm, I'm sitting at Chili's and I'm gonna pay this with my credit card. <laughs> or thank you. That's all, oh, thank you. Thank, they'll be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, thank you, that's great. This is queso, mm, I love it, I can't quit. You know, like, <laughs> what are you laughing at? And uh, the, 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 it's, it's, it's small, but that heart of gratitude, it opens doors, it's different. It's a different way of living on planet Earth. It's a different, it is the Jesus way. It's I'm grateful. And it'll affect the culture. I, I, I dream about it happening here, where it's just so much gratitude, so much thanksgiving. So much, just, it'll, it will make us as a people stand out, a radiant church, a light, living differently, just alive. Remember when um, one of my kids, that will remain nameless, was a little tiny kid. And Christmas day, we had stockings, wrapped gifts in the stocking. And we have this on video, this child of mine would pull it out and with just a big bright face say, thank you, I love it. Next one, thank you, I love it. Next one, thank you, I love it. And we have on video this child saying, thank you, I love it. What is it? <laughs> Here's why I love that. It's a posture of gratitude. I don't even know what it is. I'm grateful. And you know what I love about it? At the root, at the root, it's not even about the gift. It's just about the kid that's just, just likes the relationship. If I don't even know what it is, I just, mom and dad, I just, I just like you. Listen, you got day after day where your temptation is, I'll decide based upon if it makes my life better or not, if I like it. Hold on. I'm gonna give thanks in all circumstances. This isn't really about the circumstance. This is about the giver of good gifts. And the relationship with God is number one in my life. And so you know what? There's some days that I love what I've been given. And there's some days where I choose to give thanks. But above all the stuff, I like you. 
I trust you. You're a good creator. You're a good giver of good gifts. You gave your son. You love me. I'm gonna enter in with thanksgiving. Amen? Amen. Will you bow your heads and let's thank God. We just thank God for one thing today, just one thing. Just even as I was talking, the Holy Spirit would highlight just one thing. Just thank God. Maybe it is the place where you know you're a little bit entitled. You're thinking, I deserve better. Just say, God, I'm gonna give thanks in all circumstance. Soften my heart. If you're here today and you want to begin a journey with Jesus, the best gift that's ever been given is for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, Jesus, that you could have eternal life. And doesn't matter how messed up, broken, far, hurting you are today, the best thing you can do is come and surrender your life and have his life, eternal life. If you wanna give your life to Jesus today, I just wanna invite you just to begin, just say this to God, God, I, I give you my life. I turn from my way, I wanna go yours, save me. Do a fresh work inside of me, heal me. I wanna spend eternity with you. I will follow you. Your will be done, not mine. In Jesus' name, amen.